Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards, and I want to welcome you to Impact Ministry Cyber Church 2016. I am launching this year by doing something that I think is going to bring incredible benefit to your life. This is going to be the beginning of a mentoring program. People ask me every year, Jim, teach us what you know about how you've done these business deals, how you put these things together, how you get these outreaches that go all over the world. Why do so many things you do work? Well, I got news for you. It's not because I'm that smart. It's not because I have any kind of special gift, but just by following the simple truth of the Word of God and knowing how to connect with God in my heart, I am able to follow God through to success on pretty much anything that we ever launch out or that I ever launch out in my personal life. And you know what? You can do that. This is not a big leap. So I want you to get ready. We're going to go somewhere that you may have never been. But I'll tell you, at the end of all this, you're going to know how to set goals and dreams and how to get there. This is usually the part where I give you the opportunity to download a free message. But this month, I am going to let you download an entire complete free series, one of my very best series on goal setting. It's called Power Tools for Goal Setting. I'll tell you, this is the stuff I teach people in workshops and charge a lot of money for it in businesses so people can learn how to live their dreams. The special offer that I'm going to have for you this month, Choose Life, is a great series, and you're going to need this information, but this series on goal setting Really, you just need it. You just need to have it along with this information. So I don't want you spending that much money. I just want to give it to you. And the only way you can get this is to download my free mobile app and to say yes to the push notifications. Or if you already have my mobile app, go in and check yes to the push notifications so that we can be sure and get this to you. This is going to help you live your dreams. So I'm going to be talking to you today about choosing life. And no, I'm not talking about the abortion issue. I'm talking about choosing life for yourself. This new series that I have is The Supernatural Power of Making Choices. And I'm telling you something, this is going to propel your life into a place where you may have never been. It's amazing how we get to where we are afraid to make choices. You know, all that's got to happen is a few disappointments for some things to go wrong. And before long, we're afraid to launch out there again. We're afraid to get our hopes and expectations that we're afraid that we'll just have another disappointment in our life. Well, I'm going to teach you how to get past that. And don't forget, and I'll mention this all through this series, I am giving you a free series. This is a $42 gift called the Power Tools for Goal Setting that if you download my mobile app and set the push notifications to yes, you'll not only get this free series, but you will get some daily tips for how to set your goals and how to achieve what you want to achieve with your life. But today, we just want to start with the whole concept of choosing life. Now, that just seems like ridiculousness that we would even have to discuss choosing life because you think, well, I always want life. Well, you know something? You've got, always got to remember, you are created in the likeness and the image of God. Therefore, 
you go through the same processes of creation, of creating things in your world that God went through when he created the universe, when he created the world and all that exists. Now, I've talked about this many times over the past few months, but I just want to remind you, when the Bible talks about the fact that God said, let there be light, that Hebrew word for said is not just a word that has an emphasis on the words that are spoken. It is a Hebrew word that has more to do about the inner conception, about designing something inwardly, about incorporating your thoughts and your imagination, about creating a foundation inside of you, which is exactly what we do when we are operating faith. Is It all starts with creating the picture inside of us. It all starts with creating the end, seeing, perceiving the end before we ever even start. Now, we were taught, and you know, I thank God for the faith movement. I got some incredibly great things out of the faith movement, but like all movements, like the people that are teaching grace and peace today, or like people who taught about being baptized in the Holy Spirit years ago, there's so many times that the people that pioneer the movement are on one page, and the people later who really don't, it's not a life a way of life for them. It's not developing their heart. They just start repeating the things they heard before, and before long, things get twisted, and it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, it reached a place back in the faith movement where all of the emphasis was on confessing, and confessing was basically defined as just saying something, just saying it. And there was the idea that if you just said something enough times, it would come to pass. Well, the truth is research shows us that most people who try positive affirmations or positive confessions, it actually has a detrimental effect on them because inwardly they don't believe it. And if you're saying something that you don't believe, then inwardly you feel like a liar. You feel like you're just trying to deceive yourself. Not only does it not, it doesn't produce faith, which confession is not designed to produce faith. Confession is the fruit of faith because the word confess means to say the same thing. So you believe it in your heart first, then you say the same thing out of your mouth. But the idea that just saying something over and over and over again will bring faith is just absolutely not a biblical concept. But when God created all things, and we're creating the likeness and the image of God, and Jesus even told us to have the faith of God, have the kind of faith that God has, operate faith in the same way that God did, God, He perceived the end from the beginning. Inwardly, He decided how the world would work. You know, it amazes me, and this is a little off track, but stop and think. God had to go through every physics equation that there is to bring together the trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of interactions that had to take place in the universe in order for planet Earth to be the one place in the universe that could support human life. And then he had to know every biological function, and he had to be able, with exact mathematical precision, design every equation for the human body and how the trillions of cells and the trillions of interactions between those cells that happen every second would happen just as they're supposed to. Now, when God conceived all that in his heart, then he spoke. Now, here's the interesting thing. According to ancient Hebrew scholars, when God spoke forth, he worked out all of these equations and spoke them into the universe. 
so that we don't have to know all of those mathematical equations. You know, it's really interesting when you start looking at cults and secret societies, they're all about knowing all the secret formulas to get things to work. Well, that's magic. They're conjuring. They're not operating faith. God spoke all of these things into existence so that we don't have to create these things. We don't have to know all the equations. What we have to do is believe. And whenever we believe something in our heart, uh, we have, because of the way God created us and because of the way God created this interactive world that we live in, we have the ability to speak it into being and to bring it to pass because it was first created in a heart. So you have to realize something though. This means that if I'm going to operate faith like God did, it doesn't start with me saying what I want. There's nothing wrong with saying what you want, saying the end that you want. But it starts with me conceiving it or giving birth to it, if you will, in my own heart. And what happens in my heart begins with what's happening in my mind. Now, the Bible tells us, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Well, that word for think is a compound word, which means a door, a gate, an opening, a janitor, a porter, or a keeper. And the concept is, is that your thoughts are the doorkeeper of your heart. So you see, you always start out by thinking. You get information, you get truth, you think about what you specifically want. And then as you ponder on that, it opens the door to your heart. And, uh, you know, sometimes the door to your heart gets opened by degrees. Sometimes the door to your heart gets opened instantaneously. There, there's a lot of factors about dealing with the heart that honestly nobody can say the exact way that they work. But we just know that they do work. Now, so many times we get paralyzed in making choices because we think that making these choices is all about our ability. It's all about our strength. It's all about our skill. Well, I got news for you. I have friends all across America and all around the world that are millionaires that honestly, they didn't do it because they're all that smart. They did it primarily because they made good decisions. Now, I want to tell you something. Your life, whatever your life is right now, good or bad, like it or don't like it, your life is the product of your decisions and your decisions are the products of your beliefs. Really, there's this continuum that happens between beliefs and decisions, and then how those decisions and the fruit of those decisions reinforce the false belief that you have. So in this entire series, the supernatural power of making choices or making decisions, I'm going to take you through a process of learning how to make decisions. And we're going to start with making the first and most important fundamental decisions that you have to make if you want all the rest of your decisions to come out the way they should. Now, I want you to understand this. If you do not make the core decisions in the beginning of any situation, then it really doesn't matter if you make the right decisions afterwards. You will never have a foundation upon which those other decisions can come to pass. Listen, come back with me. I'm going to take you a little bit farther in this in just a minute. Our offer for this month is the supernatural power of making decisions. And it is an incredible, incredible offer that's going to help you make a journey into a whole new quality of life. But I want to give you for free a 
power tool for goal setting package that's going to help you. It's going to work with this series that we have. And the way you get that for free is to download my mobile app and turn on the push notifications. Or if you already have my mobile app, turn on the push notifications and we're going to send this out to you. It's going to change your world. Now, one of the reasons people say that they don't want to make decisions, again, is they're afraid that they're going to make the wrong decision. They're afraid it's not going to come out right. They're afraid they're going to choose again and they're going to fail. They're afraid they can't do it. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the most common statements that people make to me is, if I could, I would. In other words, if I could do this, I would do it. Well, that's working from the way the natural man works. The natural man says, I've got to learn this information. I've got to go out and I've got to get all the skills together. I've got to put together the perfect plan and that makes me where I could do it. So now that I've got it all worked out where I can do all this and I'm smart enough and I have all the skills. And listen, being smart and having skills, that's a good thing. But our problem is we disqualify ourselves based on really a backwards or a reverse concept of how we were created. And we try to do everything based on the natural man, the, you know, getting the information into our brain and getting the skills with our body. This is really about being in the flesh, doing all this with our flesh, with our natural man. And so we think I've got to be able to do all of this. And once I get able to do all this, then I will have the freedom to be willing to do all this. Listen, that is just the opposite. You know, the, at one place, you know, God told his children, he said, if you were willing and obedient, you could eat the fruit of the land. You could have the best there is to offer. Now, the obedience doesn't earn it. The obedience is God's wisdom for how to accomplish something, God's wisdom for how to make something work because God's word is full of wisdom. It's not full of rules. It's not full of laws that you have to obey to earn something from God. It's full of divine prescriptions about how to live life at its very best. But even obedience has to be preceded by willingness. You have to be willing and obedient. And willingness, you think, well, of course I'm willing to prosper. Well, are you really? Are you really willing to make the decision to prosper? Are you willing to make the decision to become healthy? Are you willing to make the decision to be happier? Are you willing to make the decision to get out of whatever life trap that you're in right now? There has to be that willingness, and really willingness gets over into this realm of intention. And intention is an incredibly important factor when it gets into making choices and into being willing. Now, you know, I base all of this on a scripture that is just so familiar to everybody, where it comes from the book of Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. And it's, 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 one, of those, it's one of those scriptures, like I said, that everybody knows. In verse 19, it says, I call heaven and earth to witness today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live and that you may love the Lord your God. You notice it didn't say choose this so that God would love you. God already loves you. See, the problem is when we make bad decisions and then whenever our life gets in turmoil because of bad decisions, we tend to blame God on some level. We either blame God for not making it work out for us, or we blame God because religion has told us that God did this to us to teach us something or to punish us for something. Listen, people who fall in love with God are people who see how good God is. Love is a response. Love is, you know, our first step in loving God is responding to how good he is, responding to the love that he has given us. 
But, you know, I just find it so incredibly interesting here that he didn't say choose right and wrong. He said choose life. As a matter of fact, if you go back to a previous passage of Scripture, Deuteronomy 30, 15, he says this, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Now, that word good is not talking about just morally good. It's talking about happiness. It's talking about healthiness. It's talking about things working out. It's talking about uh, the positive things that come into our life. And when you see the word evil in the Bible, it's not just talking about doing bad, wicked things. It's talking about chaos. It's talking about things working to your detriment. It's talking about things working against you. It's talking about all the negative things of life. Now, you see that life and good are intimately connected and death and evil are intimately connected because really they are a continuum one of the other. Now, what I came to realize years ago is that if I choose life and I have true intention, if I am fully and freely committed to having an, an outcome that's favorable, that's positive, that is life-giving, that produces health, that produces joy, that produces peace of mind, if I choose life, then the amazing thing is once I make the choice, then the map to get there starts evolving in my own heart and my own mind. The Holy Spirit can then lead me. Then people can come into my life, and I can recognize the people that I should connect with in my life. So choices or decisions create maps in our mind. See, we find the way to our destination only after we have chosen a destination. Now, that may seem ultra simple to you, but you got to realize there's people all over the world paralyzed around this. There are people all over the world that are just waiting for everything to work out. They're just waiting for everything to get perfect before they're willing to make a decision. And so the end result is they never make the decision. Therefore, in their mind, they never create a map. You know, I've told this story a lot. When I was a little boy, well, I lived on a house right on the edge of the woods. And my brother and sister and I, we lived in the woods every day when the weather was warm enough. We went fishing. And a lot of times when it wasn't warm enough, we were down the creek fishing. And, you know, we were killing snakes and catching crawdads and just doing all the stuff that little wild kids did back in the 50s, playing in the woods and jumping in the creek and swimming in the pond, all that kind of stuff. Well, man, we'd get down in those woods and we'd get lost. And it was so interesting one of the things, I don't know how I figured this out when I was real young. When I'd get lost in the woods, I would climb the tallest tree that I could find, and I would look for a landmark. Now, you got to realize, even though you find a landmark, it's not as easy as just, I'm going to go straight down this tree and straight toward that landmark. Number one, once you find that landmark, you come down that tree jumping from branch to branch to branch to branch, and you've turned around and round. It's like playing spin the tail on the donkey. Somebody spins you around a bunch of times, and you've got to figure out which direction to go. But then, even after you start out in the direction you've got to go, you have to take U-turns. You have to go different ways to get across the creek or get across the pond. But, you know, the amazing thing was I always found that if I could get my destination, if I could somehow connect with my destination, I never knew how it worked, but I just knew I could find my way out. Well, you know something? That's the way it is in finding your way toward your destination. You've all heard the saying that a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Well, what is the first step? Well, I'll tell you what the first step is. The first step is decide where you're going. If you don't decide 
where you're going, none of the factors about how God created you will make it possible for you to figure out how to get there because that's when most people are going to say, well, I would if I could. Well, no, that's really, when you find yourself there, you may not realize, and I'm not saying you're doing this intentionally, but you're basically creating an excuse. You know, one of the things that you have to leave behind if you're going to have a new life is you have to leave behind all of your excuses. Part of dying to self is dying to all the excuses you learn how to make for yourself throughout your whole life. So we've got to give up our excuses. I'll never forget back in, uh, oh, I guess it was in the 70s, in the mid-70s, Man, I was struggling at the time with some energy issues, which, you know, I've been plagued with throughout my life, and I had an excuse for it. I was born with a, a genetic kidney disease. And so that gave me a legitimate excuse for struggling with energy. And I was reading one day in Proverbs 22, 13, it says this. It says, the slothful man says, there is a lion in the street. I shall be slain in the streets. You know, sloth is an attitude. Sloth isn't just about being lazy. It's about not really being diligent. And I realized that if I didn't have that kind of attitude that said, I can make a decision, I can go out here, I would find an excuse. See, there's really not a line in the streets, but if a person has sloth, if they're not paying attention to details, if they're not committed to living a certain kind of life, they are going to see a line in the street when there isn't one. But the proverb that really rocked my world was Proverbs 19, 15, where it says, laziness casts one into a deep sleep. And I remember thinking, that's just the opposite of how it should be. Deep sleep would cause you to be lazy. It's like, no, laziness was an attitude. The attitude comes before the physical manifestation. I had to realize I had to give up all of my excuses for why I struggled with energy. I had to give up all of my excuses for why I was tired. And I had to choose energy. I had to choose life. Now, again, you know, our fears always create justifications. The book of Ecclesiastes, 11th chapter, the fourth verse says this, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. In other words, the person who observes and regards the wrong factors, a person who pays attention to the wrong things, that person will find a reason. It's never going to be a good time to sow. It's never going to be a good time to reap. And they're always going to pay the price for it. Well, all this is, is this is Old Testament terminology for being walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit because all those things get down to is am I paying attention to and putting all my focus on who I am in Jesus what I can do in Jesus, Christ in me, or am I putting all of my attention on my physical body, my physical limitations, my intellectual limitations, my background, all of those kinds of things? But I want to tell you something. One of the first things I want you to do is I want you to move away from your excuses, even if your excuses are legitimate. You know, our mentoring moment in just a few minutes, I'm going to give you an exercise that's going to help you move away from your excuses. And remember, when you download my mobile app and you say yes to the push notifications, you will be getting a tip of the day for how to move yourself through this journey along with an entirely free series that's going to bless you in ways that you just can't imagine.
Don't forget, I've got a free offer for you this month, Power Tools for Goal Setting. I'm telling you, it's one of the best teaching series I've ever done on goal setting. But the way you get this is to download my mobile app and say yes to the push notifications. That's the only way you can get it because it's gonna come to you through a push notification. Also, if you already have my mobile app, be sure and go back and make sure you have turned on the push notifications. I got a lot of things I'm gonna be sending you to help you fulfill your goals, but you gotta have the app to get it. This year, we're advancing our Operation 1 Billion. In other words, we are really stepping it up so that we can reach 1 billion people for the Lord Jesus with the gospel of the kingdom. Now, Jesus said that before he can return, the gospel of the kingdom has to be preached to the ends of the earth. Not just the gospel of conversion, not just talking about Jesus, not just talking about getting saved, but the gospel of the kingdom. That's where Jesus is Lord. That's where we enter into this realm called the kingdom of God. That's where we usher in the return of the Lord Jesus to establish his kingdom here on earth. I am so excited about what we're going to do this year. Listen, if you've got my mobile app, you're going to be getting testimonies that will tell you about what's happening around the world as we're training people in Operation 1B. Or if you sign up for our blog or sign up for all of our notifications online, you can get this. I want to keep informed. I want you to see what's happening. I want you praying for and giving for the very best things in the world to happen for us. This year, we're advancing our Operation 1 Billion. In other words, we are really stepping it up so that we can reach 1 billion people for the Lord Jesus with the gospel of the kingdom. Now, Jesus said that before he can return, the gospel of the kingdom has to be preached to the ends of the earth. Not just the gospel of conversion, not just talking about Jesus, not just talking about getting saved, but the gospel of the kingdom. That's where Jesus is Lord. That's where we enter into this realm called the kingdom of God. That's where we usher in the return of the Lord Jesus to establish his kingdom here on earth. I am so excited about what we're going to do this year. Listen, if you've got my mobile app, you're going to be getting testimonies that will tell you about what's happening around the world as we're training people in Operation 1B. Or if you sign up for our blog or sign up for all of our notifications online, you can get this. I want to keep informed. I want you to see what's happening. I want you praying for and giving for the very best things in the world to happen for us. All right, it's time to begin moving away from your excuses. Listen, your excuses may be legitimate. I had a legitimate excuse for struggling financially when Brenda and I first got married. I had a kidney disease. I had numerous operations. I was in and out of the hospital. I didn't have injuries. In other words, it was all justified. But you see, we can't live by what's justified in the natural world. We got to live by the promises of God. And I'll tell you, it was frightening for me to give up my excuses and make the decision to prosper, to live beyond my natural means, to live beyond my natural resources or my natural know-how. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a list Whatever your goals are that you're trying to set right now, or maybe it could apply to your life in general, but I want you to make a list of all of the reasons, you don't have to call them excuses, all of the reasons that you think you can't reach your goals. And then I want you out beside of them to put whether or not that reason is justified or unjustified. In other words, it's justified on a certain level, 
if you say, I don't have the education, so I don't know how to do this. That's justified. But it's unjustified if it's just, I feel inadequate. Now, that's real, and that's affecting you, but you really can't justify that because that is something you can correct. I'm going to teach you how to correct it. But I want you to make a list of all of the reasons or excuses that you give yourself to not make the choices or the decisions that you need to make. And then beside of it, I want you to write justified or unjustified. And then I want you to just begin praying between now and next week's program about opening your heart up and just talking to God about the fact, I am ready to let go of all of my excuses. I am ready to leave all of the past behind, justified or unjustified. And next week, we're going to take the next step toward your goals. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.